Welcome to Ghostly. Do Hatfield and McCoy ghosts haunt this earth? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. So, Rebecca, there is a huge sporting event coming up. Have oh, yeah. You, have you picked a side? Oh, yes. Okay, what side? Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to go fluff this year. Fluff? Yeah. So, is that like Tampa Bay? Uh, no, I don't think they like make it real specific with cities. Wait, okay. Are you going for Tom Brady's team? Uh, I don't think they've announced any like names or anything. I mean, what the heck are they you? They may not talk- even be born yet. What I are don't you talking know. about? I'm talking about the the best sporting event of the year, the Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl. I was talking. <laughs> I was the talking about the Super Bowl. Bowl. What? Who? What? The what? Super Bowl. Oh yeah. It's super. Uh-huh. I'm. I'm actually going for the Chiefs. Oh okay. Yeah. So With that, that would uh, be Mahomes. 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 Patrick. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I assume they're all wrestler names. I have no idea what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we have a shout out to do. <gasps> Yay! Uh, and there's two ways that you can get a shout out here on Ghostly. The first way is to do a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, we especially love those five star reviews, but we will read off every review. And the other way is to buy us a coffee or become a member on Buy Me a Coffee. And you can get to that on ghostlypodcast.com. Up in the menu bar, you'll see Buy Me a Coffee or Buy Us a Coffee, and you can do it right there. Uh, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast. So this one is the first way where there was a Apple podcast review, so we're going to read it out. Uh, it's entitled Incredible Entertainment. And it's by Gypsy Skillet, and it is a five-star review, Rebecca. Nice. Yeah, so what a great show. After meeting up at C2E2 in Chicago last year and finding out about the show, I had to download it immediately. Boy, I was disappointed. Oh, I mean, I think it was meant to say, boy, I wasn't disappointed (laughs) at all. The content is great. I learn something new every time. Keep it up, man. I always look forward to a new episode. That's so fantastic. I, yeah. I, you know, and I feel bad because I don't know who this person is. I wasn't able to find them on social media or anything, but um, but we did get a chance to introduce ourselves at a panel. Um, so maybe it was there or maybe it was as we were walking around. We met so many amazing we people did. at C2E2 and then, um, you know. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> COVID came. <laughs> yeah. So luckily we all made it through. <laughs> or Well, we did anyways, I guess. Uh, uh, C2E2. I can't believe that. Um but anyways, yeah. uh, but thank you so much for the review. That's amazing. So do you think when the world opens up that there's going to be a C2E2 again? Well, I think they're planning it for December. Okay. My, my fingers are crossed. Fingers crossed, everybody. And ghostly loves C2E2. We do. Yeah. I mean, we're nerdy, so definitely, we like definitely. to go there. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that we exactly fit in because we're a paranormal podcast. Yeah. But hey, you know what? We will take it. We'll take it. Yeah. So you're really excited about this week's listener mail. I am because it actually fits really well with the Hetfield and McCoy awesome uh, theme. Okay. Uh, as far as like feuding, um, you know, these guys, uh, Hetfield and McCoy's obviously weren't related, but they sort of were, right? There's a lot of intermixing, I think. But um, anyways, this is, uh, uh, (laughs) well, I'll just read the beginning here. Okay. Uh, Hello, Pat and Rebecca. My name is Bobby, and I have a ghost story. My sister wrote to you previously about her experiences, episode 33, and now I want to take the time to write about mine as well. Only this time, it won't end up as a skeptic point of view. Sorry, Pat. So I looked it up. This was our Big John and the Gray Man holiday episode, I think 2019's holiday episode. And uh, Bobby's sister, Rebecca, um, wrote about weird things that happened with electronics in her bedroom. But she did not believe they were paranormal, whereas Bobby is going to tell us about her paranormal experiences. So it feels very feud-like. 
though I'm sure they love each other and are obviously still happily sisters. <laughs> I don't think, you don't think they has... divorced from being sisters? <laughs> I don't think so. All right. So here's what Bobby says. Uh, Most of my experiences were in my room with the exception of one being in the hallway. Most of them have been scary yet harmless, like seeing things in the corner of your eye or something peeking around a corner. I believe those interactions were more on the supernatural side with brownies and sprites. Two Mm. of my most memorable experiences were at night around 2 or 3 a.m. The first one was when I saw my granddad in the hallway. He waved to me and walked into my sister's room. I have no memories of this man. He died when I was three years old. I was just going to ask that, too. Because it wouldn't be as creepy if he was alive still. Right. (laughs) That's true. I only know him through pictures. The next part to my story was when I was woken up at night to the sound of the garage door slamming closed. It scared me awake, and then I could hear heavy steps like someone was wearing boots on the basement steps, basement stairs coming up. Then on the stairway leading up to the second floor. Okay, that would be terrifying. And she says, I was terrified. I turned around to face the wall and hide under my blanket, repeating, this is a positive space. Any negative energy is not allowed in here. The last part of my story was when I was about 12 years old. I had stayed up late that night to finish some homework. I'm easily scared. And from my last story, I was very scared of being in the dark. Understandable. I got ready for bed and I laid down. I was asleep for a bit when I woke up. I'm not sure why I woke up. I was getting comfy again when suddenly my door opened a bit and then it seemed like something hit my bed hard. The frame shook. I was shaking. Again, I was terrified. When I finally calmed down enough to try to think of a rational explanation, I first thought it was the cat. So I got up and turned on the light to look for him. Then I started thinking, if it was the cat... Then I would have heard his nails on the floor before he ran into my bed. Also, if he ran into my bed with that much force, he wouldn't have been able to just casually walk back out of my room without me hearing him. Thank you for taking the time to read this. My sister got me into this podcast and I'm loving it. I listen to it while I work. Bobby. Aw, well, thanks, Bobby. Thanks for writing in. You know, um, we are running out of ghost stories, right? Yeah, we need more ghost stories. I mean, we've got a couple still. We do, but we need more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to do all the episodes that we have planned out, we definitely need more. We do, and we love love sharing your stories. Remember, it can be your story or, you know, the story that your cousin told you, or it can also be something that you thought was paranormal and then turned out not to be paranormal. That's yeah. what Rebecca sent to us. So, you know, we, we just, we love to hear it. Um, the easiest way, just email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or the contact form on ghostlypodcasts.com. I mean, just those are the easiest. Uh, but you can also leave us a voicemail at 630-448-2138 if you don't want to have to, you know, type it all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I understand that. Uh, and of course, you can send us actual physical mail at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And all of that is on ghostlypodcast.com. Yeah, we are still trying to find a way to get smoke signals in where we can translate <laughs> that into ghost stories, but we haven't figured that one out yet. We're yeah. still working on yeah, it. Yeah, we want more, though. Please send them in. And um, so we don't have to do the polls this this time, right? Why would we not have to do the polls? Because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to do the polls. Okay. Well, before we do that, how do people vote on this particular episode? Oh, thank you. That's a great thing to remind everybody is to go to ghostlypodcast.com and yeah. go to polls. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's that's just it. that it's simple. simple. Yeah. And should we add an extra poll in this one saying, are you hashtag team Hatfield or hashtag team McCoy? <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, that would like be it. nice. Yeah. So there might be an extra bonus question we'll, we'll, in this one. We'll, we'll see. I like yeah. it. Um so we did our polls on our episode about Titanic, which also I just want to give a quick shout out to our book club members that came last week for our, our Titanic book book club. Uh, it was super fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. The book was a little romancy, but it was definitely. Yeah, it was good. 
<laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't crazy weird yeah. though. It was mostly uh, spooky, I would say, and uh, and about the Titanic. It was pretty it cool. Was, it was halfway about the Titanic. <laughs> well, you'd we'll, have to read the book to understand what I mean. Yeah, about that. it was a lot of fun, yeah. and and we love getting to interact with you all. So, um, if you if you want to join that, also head to ghostlypodcast.com. Uh, all right, so our poll results were yes, sixty two point one percent, and no, thirty seven point nine. Wow, it was really close in the beginning. Like I, I was, was totally su- winning. I'm actually, I was surprised because I was, ju- I kind of see them as they come in, and I, I thought it was mo- closer than than it was. But you know, it's Titanic. Of course, it's haunted. Yeah, we get emails when you uh, vote, so we will see yes or no, and then you know. There was a lot of yeses in a row there, and I was like getting really nervous. And then, yeah. So we lost another one. Hashtag Team Skeptic Bros. We got to step it up. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens this one. Yeah. Okay. So I've been really fascinated with the Hetfield and McCoys feud for probably my entire life. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in, I think I saw. I think I saw uh, some reference to them on the Flintstones episode. There was a Scooby Doo Hatfield and McCoy episode. Oh, Trust yeah, me, when was. I when I researched Hatfield and McCoy ghost, yeah, the Sco- <laughs> Scooby episode definitely came Absolutely. up. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but with our nation at one of its most divided times in history, we thought that this would be very fitting, and a tale that shows that we can at some point push aside our differences and come together again as a country undivided. I mean, if the Hetfield and McCoys can set aside their differences, it should be easy for us then, right? <laughs> right. Uh, the Hetfield and McCoy feud was one of the bloodiest and longest feuds in American history. It was in all the papers of the time. It brought governors of two states at blows with each other. One of the trials even made its way to the Supreme Court. Wow. Did you know that? I don't know that I did. Yeah. Uh, it's complete with even a Romeo and Juliet style romance, only Southern style and <laughs> slightly different. <laughs> so that is our tie in with Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Yes. Got it. That there is a Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. but it, it ends very badly in this one. It does. We might hear about it soon yeah. here, actually. Uh, heck. There was even, as Rebecca said, a Scooby-Doo episode based upon the Hetfield and McCoys. Family Feud, the game show, is believed to have been inspired by the feud, and members of both families were on the show in 1979. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say, we're really excited to dive into this. This, Needless to say, we're really excited to dive into the ghost stories surrounding the, the longtime feud here. Yeah, and just to learn more about it, it's really... Uh, interesting. Can you imagine? Thank goodness uh, this wasn't going around when there was social media. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, maybe there would have been less death, more just, you know, social media posts. Yeah, which can feel like death sometimes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca, do you have a ghost story for us? I do. All right, let's hear it. It's time for a I don't know how to describe what happened to me and a friend a few years ago, other than to say that I I can't really explain it, but it changed me forever. My friend and I decided to go on a road trip through the South. We wanted to be spontaneous, so we didn't book any hotels or anything. We would just look for an Airbnb or something like it to rent for a night when we figured out where we were ending up each day. Well, one night, we were on our way to Lexington, Kentucky, and our tire went flat, like just out of nowhere, in some small town that I'm not even going to name, but just know that they were all so kind. A local mechanic offered to fix it pretty cheap, but it was getting really late, so his sister uh, offered us a place to stay in her home. She even gave us dinner. Now, I know you're going to say this sounds like the start of a horror movie, but I promise you everyone was really nice to us. What happened was that night, we were in the spare bedroom fast asleep. Some noise must have woken me up because it was quick and I was just awake, fully awake, not dreaming. I know I wasn't dreaming. I could hear little noises like cooing. And when I looked toward the noise in the corner, I saw something that I know I couldn't have seen. 
but I did. It was a woman sitting in the rocking chair holding a baby. She was young and looked so sad, but she smiled at the baby and was giving the baby her finger to hold. I wanted to scream or shout or speak, but I was just so captivated by this vision, nothing came out. After a few moments, she looked up at me, so sad, and then faded away. I heard a gasp and looked over at my friend. It seems I had been shaking her awake and she woke up just long enough to see her fade away. By the next morning, my friend had dismissed it all as a dream, and I couldn't bring myself to ask the nice woman who was helping us. But at breakfast, she told us the most amazing story. She said that before we move on from the area, we should visit the Hatfield and McCoy visitor area, that you can see where some of the more famous feuds events happened. And then she said the most extraordinary thing, This house is actually a part of the Hatfield and McCoy feud. Rosanna McCoy lived here with her aunt after falling in love with with John Z. Hatfield and getting pregnant. The two weren't allowed to be together, so she had to come here. But the baby died after eight months, and she not long after. Wow. So is that taken from an actual story? Nope, totally made up. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, you had me all scared there, and it's not even based upon anything. Yeah, but it's freaky. Could be. Could be true. Ah. Just ha- couldn't find any reports of anything like it, but hmm. yeah. Well, I'm going to need a minute, so let's go ahead and take a break, and then we will return with the history. So here at Ghostly, we have a new sponsor, Sinister Coffee and Creamery. Yeah, Sinister Coffee and Creamery is a shop in Portland owned by an amazing couple, Kelly and Michelle, who are also super into the paranormal and do their own investigations in addition to making amazing coffee. What's really cool is that they pick their coffee names to give insight into the deeper meaning behind supernatural and paranormal terminology. Our favorite blend is Apparition. It's a medium roast with delicious chocolate oats. And Ghostly listeners get 10% off when they use the code GHOSTLY10 on their order at SinisterCoffeeAndCreamery.com. And that will be in our show notes, too. It will. So order some today and enjoy a little ghost with your coffee. Okay. The Hetfield and McCoy's feud was one of the longest and bloodiest feuds in American history. Wow. Yeah, so let's look at some of the hashtag pet facts. Pet facts. Pets. Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pets. Facts. He presents it all to you. Pets. Facts. 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 <laughs> the Hatfield and McCoys involved two families of West Virginia and Kentucky area along the Tug Fork of the Big Sandy River in the years 1863 through 1891, although many people would say that that feud continued into the 1900s as well. Uh, The Hatfields were led by William Anderson Devil Ants Hatfield, and the McCoys were led by Randolph Olrani McCoy. Now, I am definitely hashtag Team Hatfield, and Rebecca's definitely hashtag Team McCoy, we've discovered. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Hatfields. Okay. And Rebecca will be representing the McCoys. Definitely. All right. So the Hatfields were from West Virginia. Devil Ants was born, and I love that name, Devil Ants. <laughs> that is a good name. <laughs> he was born September 9th, 1839. His parents were Ephraim Hatfield and Nancy Vance Hatfield. And uh, we're not really sure where he got that nickname, Devil Ants. Uh, some say it was given to him by his mother. Some say it was given to him by Randolph during the feud. Others say that it was a nickname earned during the Civil War. And others say, and this is my favorite explanation of it, 
is that it was uh, a contrasting nickname to his good-tempered cousin Anderson Preacher Ants Hatfield. That makes a sense. Like yeah. where you'd get the ants from as if they were, yeah, contrasting. He was, yeah. And, you know, what would you call him? Like, you know, anti-preacher? <laughs> so, yeah, they had to come up with something. Uh, Devil Ants married Lavisa uh, Schaefen on April 18th, 1861, and they had 13 children together. Uh, the Hatfields made their money through timbering and illegal moonshine. They were very well-connected politically. Okay. And so they were very successful in their business as well. So okay. for a Southern gentleman, he definitely had some money going on there. Gotcha. Well, the McCoys, which I am a Star Trek fan, so <laughs> that's partly Actually, why I picked the McCoys. Interesting uh, thing about that is that Scotty, um, or Bones McCoy, yeah. was supposedly an ancestor of the McCoys. Like the actor or no, the character? the character was. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I love everything about that. I didn't even yeah, know that. That yeah. just my brain just had gone there. Every time I read McCoy, I'm like McCoy. <laughs> okay, uh, the McCoys live mostly in Kentucky, so I think they were on the other side of the, the ri- river. River, yeah. yeah. Um, Randolph McCoy was born on October thirtieth, eighteen twenty-five, to Daniel McCoy and Margaret Taylor McCoy. He was the fourth born of 13 children. Wow. Okay. So he, he was one of 13. Yeah. Rand, Randolph married his first cousin, Sarah Sally McCoy, and they had 17 children together. Whoa. 17 children? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Lots of kids. Lots of kids. Lots of cousins. Uh, the McCoys made most of their money by being farmers, but were also in the moonshine business. Uh-huh. I think that kind of explains why you'd have so many kids when you got a farm. You got to have people to work on the farm. Well, and and there wasn't TV or anything, so all they did was sit around and drink their own moonshine and and uh, have kids and yeah. raise kids and yeah. make the kids work in the fields. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were not as successful as the Hatfields were and did not have the political ties that the Hatfields had. They often felt that this was a disadvantage to them. Oh, interesting. So we can almost see a feud coming right there. They were. Both competitors in the moonshine business and the Hetfields were a little bit more successful. Right. And they're right across the river from you. Yeah. Yeah. So historians have always tried to find the exact reason for the big Hetfield and McCoy feud. And to me, I don't I don't really understand that. It's like it just was. I mean, to to pinpoint an exact reason for it. I don't know. It's very difficult. Well, we want to imagine some conversation or something that happened between the two patriarchs where, you know, words were said and gloves were thrown and fists were thrown. And that was it from that point on. But life doesn't usually work quite like that. Well, they definitely knew each other. I mean, because they were both Confederate uh, soldiers Mm -hmm. during the Civil War. Um, But... What I think it was, I think it was like an accumulation of different things that happened, mainly three big points that happened that really was like, all right, this is it. I can't take this anymore. Okay. So um, the truth is that there were three major events that really sparked the feud. The first thing that happened, almost all the Hetfields and the McCoys served on the Confederate side of the Civil War, uh, all but Asa Harmon McCoy. He enlisted in the Union Army. Asa was discharged when he broke his leg, and after spending some time in the hospital, he returned home. That's a oversimplification of what exactly happened, but uh, it'll do for this because we can go on for a while with this one. Um, soon after his return, he was tracked down and killed by the Logan Wildcats, a group that was led by Devil Ants and his uncle Jim Vance. Uh, Randolph blame devil ants for this but the truth was at the time asa was killed devil ants was actually homesick and it's believed that jim vance was the one who killed asa Mm, but i'm guessing he was just like whatever it was the hatfield people yeah and vance wasn't even a hatfield he was a vance 
Well, but he was aligned. Listen, I'm defending <laughs> my McCoys. They were, <laughs> they were aligned together. I'm sure Devil had to give his blessing for the activity. Sure, sure. Well, the second thing that happened uh, and led to the feud was that Devil Ants was involved in a land dispute with Randolph's cousin, Perry Klein. It was over a 5,000-acre tract of land that both sides held the titles to. Devil Ants filed a civil lawsuit against Perry Klein and eventually won in court. The McCoys blamed this on the fact that it was a Hetfield-friendly court. Ho, ho, ho. So the last thing that happened was Randolph was visiting one of the Hetfields, Floyd Hetfield, and he happened to look at one of his hogs, and he swore that it had McCoy's branding on its ear. And hogs were extremely valuable to the of the farming economy of the McCoys. So Randolph brought charges against Floyd Hatfield. And due to the statements made by Bill Staten, who was related to both families, the case was de- decided in favor of the Hatfields. The ruling further inflamed the feud as Randolph McCoy viewed the outcome as unfair. And in June 1880, Staten was killed by two McCoy brothers, Sam and Paris, who were later uh, acquitted on the grounds of self-defense. Wow. That's just everything, right? Like one side thinks this, and then the other side thinks that because they lost, and then that, that side takes revenge, and then they're like, no, no. <laughs> There's just, whew, lots going on there. Yeah, but this that, that was really why the McCoys were upset. Mm-hmm. The Hatfields weren't really upset yet at this point. Though. Well, but except that they got, they had, st- well, Staten was yeah, related to both families, so maybe they sort of cared that he was killed, but maybe it wasn't like the, sure. he was a direct Hatfield, I guess. Sure. Uh, so it seems from that point the feud had started. Um, at One of those things that happened. Before the feud, it wasn't uncommon for Hatfield and McCoy to have relations. But after the feud started, it was definitely looked down upon by both families and hardly ever happened. One time it did, though, was with John Z. Hetfield and Rosanna McCoy. Uh, after Randolph heard of this union, he disowned Rosanna. She went to live with the Hetfields for a short time and then with her aunt and uncle. Uh, John Z. was arrested by the McCoys on outstanding Kentucky bootlegging warrants. He was freed from McCoy custody only when Rosanna made a desperate midnight ride to alert Devil Ants, who organized a rescue party. Well, as the story goes, she became pregnant with John Z's baby, and hearing that she was pregnant, John Z did the only thing a man would do in this time, is he abandoned her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he did abandon her. Sounds like a Hatfield. No, and <laughs> not only abandoned her, left her for her cousin, Nancy McCoy, whom they got married later on. Uh, Rosanna's baby died before her first birthday of, of the measles, and Rosanna died at the age of 29. It's just, this is the Romeo and Juliet of the story. I mean, I love it. I, you can't this is the Valentine's have, Day You story. cannot have a feuding family like this without the, uh, the Romeo and Juliet. I mean, and this just, it's just so perfect that you would have a Romeo and Juliet story with this feuding, feuding families. It obviously reminds me directly of Romeo and Juliet, uh, of course, um, but... If anyone's interested, in Midsummer Night's Dream, the play within the play is based on Pyramus and Thisbe, which is the original Greek Romeo and Juliet. I mean, that's how far the star-crossed lover thing goes. And there's this hilarious thing where they're like talking to each other through a chiseled hole in a wall and like all this stuff. Like it's just such a classic story. And to know that it happened in real life, like still. <laughs> yeah, but in that story, Romeo doesn't abandon Juliet when when she gets pregnant. That's true. It doesn't happen in Pyramus and Thisbe either. I and mean, they they don't go make with it his co- with her with her cousin. cousin. That's true. So that's the real world part of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in the 1880s, it was kind of a thing to have a big election day party in in towns. Uh, now, this particular town, unlike. Um, we're going to talk about the 2012 History Channel miniseries. They de- they depict everything um, like there was an actual town and there was actually a like a bar, a saloon. Uh, there wasn't either of those things yet. Mm. It wasn't established yet. Uh, so 
but they would get together in the fields and have an election day party. And in 1882, Elson Hatfield was killed by Tolbert, Farmer, and Bud McCoy. Uh, This was on the Kentucky side. I don't know why he was on the Kentucky side during this, but he was. Uh, Elson was stabbed 26 times and finished off with a gunshot. The McCoy boys were initially arrested, and while they were being taken to court for trial, Devil Ancy's gang intercepted the convoy and took the McCoy boys to West Virginia, tied them to some pawpaw bushes, asked them for their final words, and then killed them all. Even though the Hetfields and most, most inhabitants of the area believed their revenge was warranted, up to about 20 men, including Devil Ants, were, were indicted. All the Hetfields eluded arrest. This angered the McCoy family, who took their cause up with Perry Klein. Klein, who was married to Martha McCoy, and remember, he was the one that lost 5,000 acres of land, mm-hmm. um, is believed to have used his political connections to reinstate the charges and announced rewards for the Hetfield's arrest as an act of revenge. Wow. That is a lot of stuff happening. Oh, yeah. So this is when the Hetfields were really in it then after this. Uh, The feud reached its peak during the 1888 New Year's Night Massacre. Captain Vance led several members of the Hetfields clan to surround the McCoy cabin and open fire on the sleeping family. The cabin was set on fire in an effort to drive Randolph McCoy into the open. He escaped by making a break for it. But two of his children were shot, and his wife was beaten and almost killed. With the house burning, Randolph and his remaining family members were able to escape to the woods. His children, unprepared for the elements, suffered frostbite. Uh, The remaining McCoys moved to Pikeville to escape the West Virginia raiding parties. Wow. Yeah, so it's... The Hatfields were, like, out. Oh, definitely. So between 1880 and 1891, the feud claimed more than a dozen members of the two families. On one occasion, the governors of West Virginia and Kentucky even threatened to have their militias invade each other's states. Wow. So on on August 24th, 1888, eight of the Hetfields and their friends were indicted for the murder of Alfair McCoy. She was actually Randolph's youngest daughter. She died in the house killed during the New Year's Eve massacre. They included Cap, Jonesy, Robert, and Elliot uh, Hetfield, Ellison, Mounts, French Ellis, Charles Gillespie, and Thomas Chambers. Um, Because of issues of due process and illegal extradition, the United States Supreme Court became involved. Um, Mahone versus Justice, 127, U.S. 700 in 1888. The Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two in favor of Kentucky, holding that even if a fugitive is returned from the asylum state illegally instead of through lawful extradition procedure, no federal law prevents him from being tried. Eventually, the men were tried in Kentucky and all were found guilty. On September 23, 1911, Devil Ants was baptized by Dyke Garrett. Uh, Devil Ants started a church of his own, and from that day, he said he found peace. Before this day, Devil Ants wouldn't even have taken a nap without having one of his boys stand guard with a rifle in hand. Wow. Uh, Randolph McCoy died on March 28, 1914, at the age of 88. He was severely burned from a cooking fire. Oh. And then Devil Ants died on January 6, 1921, at the age of 81, of pneumonia. So they they both made it. Not all their kids are kin did. But yeah, but they made it. <laughs> they made it pretty far. So the feud has been over for a long time now. Uh, in 1979, members of the Hetfield and McCoy family united for a special week's taping of the, the family feud, where not only would the winner win money, they would win a pig that was on the stage during the game show. <laughs> so this is really interesting to me. The McCoy family won the week-long uh, series three games to two, but the Hatfield family won more money. They won $11,272, and the McCoys won $8,459. So 
So the decision was made to augment the McCoy family winnings to $11,273, one dollar more than the than the Hatfields. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, still, the rivalry kind of was there, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, In the year 2000, the families even held a joint family reunion where more than 5,000 people attended, and it was heavily covered by the media, I kind of remember that. And in uh, 2012, the History Channel put out a three-part miniseries where Kevin Costner played Devil Ants and Bill Paxton played Randolph McCoy. Obviously, why? I really am a McCoy fan. Oh, you you prefer Paxton? Oh, yes. Uh, The miniseries was nominated for 16 Emmy Awards and won half of them. Kevin Costner beat out Bill Bill Paxton as the best actor. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have anything to add to the history here? Uh, No, I mean, we're going to get into some ghost stories related to them, but just that this is a complicated history. And obviously, it really is when you really go through it hard to pick one side or the other as like the instigators. But you've picked the McCoys. I have. You've picked the Hatfields. So (laughs) that's the way it goes. But that doesn't mean that I can't see that really both sides (laughs) had a part in it. But I think that what you were saying earlier, though, is that this really tells us that time, time can heal wounds. And that, you know, these families are together, you know, or, you know, not feuding anymore. Um, And I think that gives us all hope for the divided country that we are, you know, that uh, that maybe someday we can all find ourselves, um, you know, together. Uh, I like that they have that they would have Election Day parties. I mean, just I like the idea of celebrating Election Day, not who you're voting for. You know, yeah, I, I just agree. the idea of celebrating the free and fair elections is amazing. I agree. But then, you know, you have a bunch of people that uh, are politically motivated and drinking. Yeah. And that's going to lead to some arguments, I would say. Well, and that's OK. We can argue. I just right now, unfortunately, I think, you know, it could be. Well, right now with pandemic, we wouldn't be doing that. But just the concept of it. Yeah, is I agree. Nice. I agree. Um yeah, I always thought that, you know, we should celebrate that. That is that is what makes America America mm-hmm. is that we have elections where we get to decide kind of we get to decide who the president and who are and who represents us in in almost every way. Yeah. So, I think we should take a break and then we'll come back to the debate. Let's do it. All right. Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like Microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the Ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, They just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear. Okay, we're back, and it's time for the debate. Let's do it. Um, So definitely check out the show notes for a lot of great websites and pictures and videos and things that we're going to talk about today. Um, So i probably say the most famous ghost story is from the Hatfield Cemetery. So uh, in the Hatfield Cemetery, um, it's not the easiest place to get to, but um, but you can go there. Um, and uh, Devil Ants has a big statue, yeah, life size statue with lots of flags around him. Well, Randolph McCoy has a statue now too. He does. The McCoys um, did did um, take back ownership of their family yeah. cemetery, and then they whittled it out of wood. That part I didn't. It, read. it is it is made out of wood. Well, I know you like whittling. Yeah, the Harringtons and the long line of whittlers. 
Um, so you'd have to ask Vox about that <laughs> that <laughs> reference, everybody. Um, okay, so okay, when one of the most famous stories, though, is from the Hatfield Cemetery. So people claim that the ghosts of Devil Ants and his son, so his nine sons, return on foggy nights. So then, when so when it's a foggy night, that he will round up all of his sons out of their graves. They will go marching down to the water near the roadside, and they're so they're. The reports are either that they're spotted there uh, standing guard at the small bridge, or I even had read one thing where there's a claim that there's a preacher that comes and baptizes them or something for their sins. But I, I think the, the, that was only in one, one oh, spot. Maybe, maybe it was Dyke Garrett. I, I don't think that was the name, but and it was only mentioned one place. This is the more common I love all one. these old Southern names, too. They're just awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. pretty amazing. Um, but anyway, so uh, I, I could not find, to be honest, any person who like said that they saw this. It's just the most common ghost story that's reported for the Hatfields. Okay, well, I'm going to say that going into a cemetery in itself is kind of creepy-ish. Uh, going into a family cemetery, a little bit more creepy. And then you take in that there is a huge statue of devil ants. Uh, I believe that's what they're seeing is some kind of um, some kind of variation of the of the statue in the fog. Oh, so, I see. I see. Well, again, yeah. it's it's supposedly a way. It's like there's like a a Hatfield Cemetery archway. Yeah, and it's supposedly there that you see. I think these the statue is pretty close to that. I, 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 yeah, it's hard to tell without going there. But so I'm just thinking it's some kind of optical illusion that's created, especially on a fog. So you take that you're in a cemetery. You're in a family cemetery. This is like creepy, creepy. And then it's foggy. That's even more creepy. And then there's a huge statue of this man in there. I just think it adds to that. And I I think it creates some kind of illusion where they believe that they see this. I have to say the fog is the thing that makes me a little like eh, about it. Just because, yeah, it's like you only see it on foggy nights. Well, then maybe the way the fog rolls in. Yeah kind of looks like a person or and something. And also, as as you said, you didn't find one person that's willing to say, come out and say I saw that, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I believe it's made up. Okay. So what's your rating, would you say? I'm going to say a zero. Okay. I'm going to give it a five. A five. Again, okay. there's, there's multiple reports, but again, it always seems a little, it's not as specific as some of the other things here. Okay. What else you got for All us? All right. So the next one is, I believe I sent you a photo. You did. Yes. Yes. Um, so this is at the McCoy home. So uh, you told us about the the raid where they the Hatfields mm-hmm. came and, and killed so many of them and Randolph escaped with some of the kids and everything. So the photographer um, is Jeanette Quackenbush. Which is I just love that name Quackenbush, <laughs> which I have I have heard of the Quackenbushes before the name. Oh. Um, I don't know about she's related, but anyways, um, but she uh, claims that she has a picture. Um, it's her son, and there is a woman in period dress standing right across from her son. Um, and you should definitely I will put the picture in our show notes, but also a link. Her website is West Virginia haunts and legends.com. And she has um, so much stuff on there about all of West Virginia's ghosts and haunts. And she has multiple books, which of course you can link to and buy there. Um, So definitely check that out. Um, But what did you think of the photo? Well, uh, first I just had a question actually. Do you know when this picture was taken? I don't. I don't. It it seems more recent-ish. Well, because in, I think it's like 2006 or something, um, the McCoys that were still alive and the Hatfields that, well, I mean, the, the ancestors of the McCoy family and the ancestors of the Hatfield family got together and they went there to, to um, do an archaeological dig to find remains of the McCoy house. Mm. So just something I know about that particular spot. Um, In the picture, I didn't see anything. Well, you know what? I didn't at first either. It took me a minute. It's it, it. I will say it's a little more subtle 
you know, than um, like a typical ghost picture, um, I will say. But they, so part of this is it's kind of, I, I don't know when the picture was taken, but I will say that this website is definitely for people that are traveling. Like it gives you the address and like how sure. to get there or whatever. So I, the house isn't in the picture. So I don't know that she's claiming it, this is when the house was still up. You can see like a well and then like mm. a marker yeah. that like this is where it stood kind of thing. Um, but anyways, if you look, it's on the edge of the photo like i don't think she was taking the picture to like take a picture of oh my gosh i'm seeing a ghost it was like i took a picture and then i went back and looked at it so there is like a shadowy looking thing like by the sun but it's not like super pronounced yeah i mean i guess my question would be um with these pictures with ghosts do ghost um do ghosts want to be seen in these pictures or are they trapped in these pictures, like accidentally put in these pictures? My guess is it's accidental. I mean, it just somehow got captured. Because I, I was going to say, if the ghosts wanted to be seen, wouldn't they be seen better? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like copyright, by the way, is 2018. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's so when she is... took the photo, but it looks pretty recent. Yeah, I I don't know. It, to me, I can't really make out anything, and and when I have to zoom in and do all these things and look extra careful, that is um, oftentimes when I you know when my mind starts playing tricks on me and makes images out of things that aren't really there. Gotcha. Well, and everyone will have see, to look at it. Once you see one of those things, you can't unsee it. Mm, that's true. Like if you look at tiles, sometimes like the marble tiles. You could make out images in there, and once you've seen that, you can't unsee it until the next time you try to find it. Then you have to like look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that right there. That looks like a Superman dog ah. you know, or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's your uh, rating? Zero. Okay. <laughs> what is your rating? Uh, mine's a seven for this one. Ooh, that's pretty yeah, big. Once yeah. Once I really looked at the photo and I saw it, I was like, oh, no, no, that that's definitely could be something. But you had to like... You had to force yourself to look for it. If somebody gave you like 20 photos and that was one of them and you didn't know that there was a ghost image in there, would you find it right away? uh, I don't know. But I will say, I mean, I think part of it was is on the edge of the photo. So like it's not the main thing that your eye goes to when you look at the photo. But once you notice it, it's there. So I I know. So me, it's a little more, a little more. Um. Uh, a little more than the other one. A little bit more pronounced. Pronounced. There you yeah. go. Um, all right. Uh, next evidence. So the last two that I have have to do with the pawpaw incident that oh, you yeah. told us the about. The pawpaw bushes. Pawpaw bushes, um, which is just fun to say. I don't even know what a pawpaw bush is. I don't. We should have looked that <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, I actually don't think, I do believe I read, though, there aren't any pawpaw bushes there anymore well i've seen the spot i've seen the spot where all of these things happen not like in person uh i watched a documentary where they went around and showed all these spots and um there were some bushes there but the person said um that it was that the person didn't claim that those bushes were the bushes gotcha yeah yeah so um, th- this area is the one that I actually was able to find videos of people doing paranormal investigations. So the other areas, you know, there was the photo and c- stories, but this one, there actually were people going and doing um, investigations. So I will put links to those in the show notes. The first one is from Crossroads Haunted History and Haunted Heather uh, specifically. Um, And the most compelling evidence from this video was towards the end, one of the investigators, this was like the morning after investigating, um, he claimed to have heard something while he was investigating. But when he went to turn on his equipment to capture it, it all went dead, like no power for any of the multiple things that he was carrying. And then even freakier is the Heather, I think, when she went back to to check on it herself, her equipment also failed. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's a shame that they weren't able to capture it, um, but therefore I can't hear it. So uh, I can't really believe that then. But I mean, there's there there are reasons why multiple pieces of equipment could lose power all at once. It could be that it was extremely cold. The cold has a way of doing that. It could also be that there are some like electromagnetic fields 
that kill off electricity. And we've talked about this in prior episodes before. So that's what I'm going for. It's just a coincidence that these things happened while they were doing a paranormal investigation. I think it seems like a lot of coincidence. Well, they should have charged their batteries. I think they were charged. All right. So what would you give this one? I'm going to give it a zero because I think it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's always when the equipment goes dead that there was something that they that they could have heard and given us. So, <laughs> All right. I'm going to give this one a seven as well. Seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So last one for, uh, for the Hatfield and McCoy. So this is again a video for the Pawpaw area. Okay. Um, and this one was actually a spirit box session from Paranormal Savage. And I'm going to be honest, there wasn't much in the video. Like in the, with the like I listened to the spirit box and there were a few times where like a voice kind of came through, but it was super quick and small and nothing nothing conclusive. However, one of the viewers had this comment. Ah, I have no sound, but I will say when I stood on that deck facing the tug fork, you can absolutely 100% feel something there. It never touched me, but it kept telling me to turn around. Also, there was a strange ticking sound in the trees like no bugs I heard before. It was like a clicking sound. But after I turned around for about the fifth time, I was like, okay, we can go now, LOL. Did he keep turning around because the voice kept telling him to turn around? <laughs> <laughs> he just kept turning around in circles then? No, well, it was a she, but she. no, I don't think so. Um, so I don't, anyway, so that's a, a firsthand paranormal experience that someone had. I don't know if it's a paranormal experience more than it is a creepy feeling that somebody had that they um, let their mind get the better of them. I don't know, the strange ticking sound in the trees. Remember Batcher's Grove? Remember our Batcher's Grove episode? Yeah, that was haunted. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> that was the trees that are that are creaking. But then how, like, seriously, I, I don't know. That just sounds crazy to me. It could have been an animal. It could have been the, you know, it could have been the weather. Like, when it gets colder, uh, the trees start to constrict, right? Yeah. So it could have been that. That's what it was at Batcher's Grove. We've had want to blame it all on the cold. We've had numerous people. It's it's microclimates, Rebecca. <laughs> we've had numerous people write into us and tell us that what we heard at Batcher's Grove was just the trees making that noise. I yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I this person seems pretty convinced of what they what they saw. Again, it's one person's word. What about all the other people there? Did they feel anything? There wouldn't be, a, there aren't enough people that could claim to have heard or seen something that would make you believe. <laughs> so what are you giving this And there one? isn't enough microclimates for you to believe it's the cold, <laughs> Rebecca. I'm going to give it a zero. Okay. All right. It's I'm, one person's feeling. I'm sorry. Yeah. Feelings are subject to uh, a lot of internal stuff. And so who knows what she brought in with her. Mm, that's true. She might have brought some spirits with her. No, I'm saying I, she might have brought some <laughs> some bad thoughts a, or a different, some, different some bad energy in there with her. And that could have, you know, that could have <laughs> manifested into this. All right. Well, I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay, of course. Yeah. So mostly sevens for you. But how is your overall rating of this? So, okay. So I'm, overall, I'm going to say six and a half. Okay, six and a half. Because, okay. I, you know, I feel like there is so much potential here, you know, so much bad feuding and, you know, so much going on, um, but not as much evidence as I would have thought and not as much investigating as I would have thought out there. Um, but I wonder if part of it is because they, well, I sh I'm going to save this for my final thing but i just wonder if because they've kind of put some stuff behind them if maybe some of the spirits are a little more chill well i mean i'm gonna ask you this if you're a paranormal investigator and you investigate a certain site and you find nothing do you talk about it well the the spirit box guy posted it but right that's true you may not yeah, you only talk about the things that you're successful in when it comes to those kind of things. I would imagine. And I mean, unless yeah. you're asked, like Tony, whenever we ask him about things, like, you know, he said that he investigated someplace and 
I asked him, what did you find? And he said there was a lingering odor uh, that they thought was a (laughs) phantom odor. And they kept trying to track it down to find out that it was a dead mouse in a bucket in the basement. There you go. Yeah. Well, but that's why you believe Tony when he talks about stuff. Absolutely. I do. Uh, And that's the kind of story you can hear about on Ghostly Society on Facebook. So if you haven't joined our, our group yeah, definitely Check join Ghostly Society. You can just go to Facebook and do a search for Ghostly Society and we'll pop up. It's a private group, so you have to ask to join and you have to answer a couple of easy questions like, do you believe in ghosts? You know, are you here to argue? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then we'll let you in. And man, we have some great people in that group. We do. And uh, all the people that were at the book club were members of society. Yeah, they were. And I just I just have a lot of fun. I find myself going to society numerous times a day just to see what people are posting and saying. Yeah. Um, so my overall rating is going to be zero. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't think there was enough evidence. So okay. that's where I'm going to go. All right. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Rebecca, are you ready? I am. All right. And go. All right. So this was a tricky one for me because um, it seems obvious that there's got to be ghosts related to these two feuding families with so much death, so much um, anger and hatred towards each other um, that you would just think that energy would have to linger and have to be there. Um, Especially I feel like at those those big sites like the pawpaw incident where, you know, those those men died and the same thing at the family home. Um, however, I was surprised that there wasn't quite as much evidence as I was ready for. Um, and so I, you know, that's for me, that's why I gave it a, a six and a half, because I, I do think there are some lingering things, some lingering haunting things. Um, but it's, I'm happy in some ways that it's not as much as I thought, because I do think the fact that the families have reconciled um, today, that that has helped put uh, a lot of people at peace and devil ants converting at the end help too. All right. I got it right in there. I don't know. I think you actually went over a little bit, but that's okay. Okay. So I am ready, ready whenever you are. All right. And go. So what I'm going to say in the closing arguments is I don't think that there was enough evidence presented in this episode to vote yes. I believe you have to vote no for this one because the evidence is usually just one person's word versus the world. Nobody else has claimed to have had these feelings when they went to the tug fork, uh, unless you're bringing this in, unless you are there to to convince yourself that these stories are real. I believe that Devil Ants died, and that was it. I believe the feud was over. Everything died out shortly thereafter. The families have reconciled. There is no more feud, and I believe that we as a nation should end our feuds and try to see similarities in in what we're doing. Uh, there wasn't enough evidence. You, you kind of have to say no. Wow, you finished early even. A few I seconds did. left. Wow. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be talking about near-death experiences on the next episode that comes out on February 17th. Yeah, this is it. Like, If you've got one of those stories or you know someone that has one of those stories, please, please share it with us because oh, we, we would, love would that. really love to share some of those yeah, um, we would on love our to have episode. A, we'd love to have a personal connection like we did with Vox in the Titanic episode. Yeah, it would really be, be, be um, special. But I really think this is going to be spooky because we're going to be talking about something where people have actually died Mm -hmm. and then came back. Yeah. And what do they see? What do they experience? And is there an afterlife, you know? Yeah. Is is that, does that mean anything? It's going to be deep. Yeah. Well, I mean, in order for there to be ghosts, there has to be something after that, right? Yeah. So... That's it's going to be a hard one for me to disprove. I I would like everyone to know that Patrick came up with the idea for this episode. (laughs) So 
I'm good for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we should do more that lean on the skeptic side. Ah, okay. Yeah. So um, since we do not have an official Valentine's Day episode, I want to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, I hope you can uh, have have some love and light in your in your life, whatever that is, with a pet or friends or a family or a partner. Or candy. Just or can- eat some candy. Candy alone, yeah. right? This it's is, an excuse to eat candy. It is an excuse to eat candy, but, uh, you know, be safe out there. Um, but, uh, you know, feel some love in your heart. And until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.